Toronto, within the traditional territory of the Mississauga people. Where are we born? Toronto. Toronto. There is no pronunciation. I appeal to you as a fellow American, but I'm Canadian. You don't look it. It's a common mistake. Unbelievable respect and much respect to these fans, to this country. This is unbelievable. Best there is, the best there was. Take it to the altar, because I'm not the one that's responsible for your feelings. You know, God works in mysterious ways, but it just, I, my spirit feels like it, it goes with Canada. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Not That Sorry. You're here to be fun and fine and as black and as Canadian as we are with zero apologies for it. Just make you not that sorry about it. <laughs> So, I'm Antonia. Yep, you heard that correctly. We're switching things up today. Jan is refusing to answer her phone, so it's just me and John today. Just kidding. <laughs> Jan's okay. Gone temporarily, but not forgotten. So, let's hop into the topics for today. Let's go. Um, R.I.P. Shock G. I'm a child, so I don't know much about Shock G, but that name um, resonates, and I know that it resonates harder for other people. Uh, John, I know he was the lead singer of uh, a group, rap group, legendary rap group called the Digital Underground. That's the one. The, um, earlier pioneers, I guess you could say, of uh, uh, dance, um, hip hop themed, I guess you could say, party anthem kind of themes. Um, especially out in the West Coast. Um, one of the earliest probably rap groups I can remember, recall songs that they had the Humpty Dance the um, Humpty Dance yes which is still pop a club or a dance floor anytime or a jam um yeah uh, just integral group um also one of the earlier sightings that you could see of Tupac on the scene uh as a backup dancer oh yeah a little bit of news to your head top okay that's exciting um, and as the wound continues to deepen in the black community, uh, DMX's memorial service happened last weekend, was it? He yes. came, they brought in his casket in a giant monster truck. It was in a red casket. Uh, the Barclays Center. Um, Rough Riders. Uh, Rough Riders. Cyclists. Bike riders. Bike riders everybody. Oh. Everybody showed up. Swiss Beats had some uh, choice words for uh, people who uh, weren't in... In uh, Earl Simmons' life, but we're showed up to the funeral, so that was uh, interesting to hear. But it was it was really great to see his kids on stage. Um, one of his youngest was rapping. Um, yeah, R.I.P. to a legend. Yep, rest in power. Hopefully, he has some peace. Hopefully, that is our biggest thing, right? Hopefully, he went peacefully. Yep. Uh, uh, we've got NFL. Oh, it's draft season. This is all you, John. I don't really care for. <laughs> Yes, the NFL draft has uh, occurred, in which I believe five, no, four Canadians, I believe, were um, drafted, um, and a bunch were signed after, but uh, I guess we're in this segment, we're going to refer to the fashion. Yes, uh, the fashion. Which was uh, due to the fact that some had elbow patches. John's signature. Yes, Kyle Pitts, uh, shout out to Kyle Pitts. Um. And I believe uh, 
Jalen Waddell also had patches on his um I saw like chest yeah, yeah. Chest patches and stuff. It was like very that, in. So. Old man Cheek is a uh, is the is a Gen Z's uh <laughs> Shout out to the gents. Shout out to the gents. You can always count on, on draft season to bring out some really interesting Well, I mean, choices. yeah, ignore ninety five percent of them. Fair. For, you know, for those of you who are actually there for the draft and those of us who are there watching the draft in solidarity. Well, I mean, it's a ridiculous process at this point. It's just, I mean, (laughs) there was seventh round draft day parties. I mean, at that point, I mean, go home. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, not worth it. I mean, no, you have it at your home. I mean, because everything, well, I mean, some people were at um, on site, but. Yeah, for the the most most part, everyone's doing it from their living rooms. Yeah. Seventh round, nobody's invited. No one's really, no? no? When do you stop paying attention? After the third round? No. Uh, no Fourth? I pay attention to all of them. Okay. I got a problem, but, you know, not working on it, and I'm happy to <laughs> stick that. My name is John. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I'm obsessed with the NFL, and I have no plans to change. Um, but, yeah, it was interesting. Um, it went, it's, it's, it's a made-for-TV production now i listen they gotta they gotta do something you really don't but <laughs> um it's not for the diehards uh, like you it's for those of us who are our bandwagoners or who only look online to see who was wearing what looking to follows yeah yeah seeing who's who the new the new cute you know people are you know for the youngins but okay, like, oh, who's lined up whatever <laughs> uh simu simu lu as shang chi um, the trailer dropped. I haven't watched it yet because I just like want to like save that moment for me. But I heard great things. Very excited to see this. Um, uh, and just like really hype about about Canadian actors doing dope stuff. Um, so Shang Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. It comes out this year in September. Get into that. Um, we've got. <laughs> uh, Laz Alonso was talking about the next season of The Boys apparently being even bloodier than. The last two, and they aren't. They're only halfway through filming. Yeah, I mean, I, I for one, I do enjoy the boys. I don't know how long the show will go on for. I don't really like. It doesn't need to be forever, but I, I love that they keep one upping themselves. Yeah, I mean, they're getting to that point in most series where it's like, okay, what are you gonna do? You could either shut it down or double down, and yeah, and just more shock and horror. Shock being the more. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah, the horror really isn't, but it's the shock factor yeah. that they do really well. So proud yeah, of you guys. Um, <laughs> and then for those of you who care as well too, Simone, our girl Simone won season thirteen of RuPaul's Drag Race. So that's that on that. We're gonna take a short break, and we will be right back. Next stop, what you say? We're back with our next segment called "What You Saying." So. Today we're going to talk about the notion slash term behind trauma porn as it relates to black pop culture. Horror shows and movies where the monster is just racism. Is it a necessary step in the process? An ends justifying the means? Or is it time to dramatically reduce it? Now, typically when I see uh, the, w- the phrase trauma porn thrown around, it usually has to do with uh, police brutality being filmed and that circulating the internet. And, you know... Black people specifically being like, we don't want to watch that. Um, we have to see enough trauma in our lives as it is. Uh, this isn't helping any sort of grieving processes, you know, X, Y, and Z. I it when it comes to when it comes to movies and shows, we've had this discussion before where I'm I'm more ready to see 
um, just light, fluffy, real time, um, coming of age, <laughs> regular uh, stories of blackness, and not necessarily always gravitating towards the um, the sad and the horrific. Um, I do see. I do, I do see the need for telling these stories. It's very important that these stories are told because if we get to tell them, if we get to have um, a hand in doing so, we get to lead, and I find that that is definitely a lot stronger than other people telling our stories. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I do get tired <laughs> of viewing a lot of these, uh, these films or even just cut-together clips of uh, real-life horror and it does drain me so i i tend to look towards the more sunny side of life um and content to to give myself a boost but i don't know john how do you feel you definitely dive more into um documentary um style or or more more content that is is heavy in this in this area yeah um i'm 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 very much um very much in the camp of uh we need to continue with the, you know bringing our stories especially our history to to light because m- much of it even as much as you know it you we might you know not like the constant you know one 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 one-sided story of um, of, of, of of being um oppressed there's still another side that we still haven't tapped into, which is um, the healthy side, the richness side, the the the, the, the enriched side of um, our stories in in an earlier light. And I believe that those also need to start coming to light, like just stories of just existing, mm-hmm. and um, you know, prior to you know a whole entire thing that just ravaged the whole entire continent. So I'd like to see more of that, but in terms of trauma porn and these kind of horror filled issues in terms of what racism has to be the big monster in the room or whatever. I'm not, I mean, I guess we can say, uh, who was it that directed? I'm not uh, get out, but it was the one on HBO. What was it that we love? Oh, uh, Lovecraft. The, yeah. Lovecraft. Yeah. Lovecraft County. Um, country, yeah, Lovecraft country, I think is what. Yeah, yeah, but um, it it's to me, it's when it starts to get the the historic aspect of it gets perverted and manipulated and candidized. Can, you know what I mean? Like candy okay. coated paint, like put onto it and slick, and it becomes a trendy thing because it's you know Hollywood's a follow fashion kind of thing with no sense of anything it's just whatever somebody's doing it seems to catch on latch on yeah i mean we're still doing zombie movies uh, forever um, but you know what i mean like i i i, I don't want it to be that narrative for everything has to have that story element to it I okay mean, i believe we just need to start being just honest if we're talking diversity or we're just talking racism just explain it just as it is we don't have to highlight it as if it's you know like a big new marketing product that we have to put out there on the air so everybody really gets what we're saying because you're going to 
do worse than you are going to be doing good because you're just going to turn people off of certain, you know, the messaging that you want to come out. True. If you just constantly just blasting in as if we're, you know, everyday occurrence, this is just what it is. Because, like, mean, the, the you got to find a healthy balance to it. And yeah. Because my thing is, the black experience is more than just us fighting for our rights to exist. Yeah. Like, the black experience I mean, there's is just more. Ex- there's also existing, you know, there's a side yeah. that's not always having to be, you know, like with our backs up against the wall, like backs against ready the wall, for a fight. Constantly to fight, constantly, you know, ready to do, do whatever it takes and stuff like that. Like there's actually people have families, people have, you know what I mean? Like yeah. People have that struggles that aren't just facing racism just at every work day, or every on day, the street. Every like day, every day, normal people stuff. We have so. bills to pay. We yeah. have family to take care of. We have yeah. like losses in other areas, not just, you know, graphic and and terrible and, and, and um, jarring ones. I mean, like, majority of us actually live, you know, Pretty normal lives. Pretty regular. Kind of boring. You yeah. know, like I and that's where I said too. like, I I just want to the same treatment we give to movies with predominantly white characters where, you know, they get to have a fun coming of age. Like the most traumatic thing that happens in those movies is that they're fighting with their parents. I mean, like why I would love to have that same treatment for for black, indigenous, other other racialized um, communities. Uh, but specifically, since we're talking about black communities, I would love to have something silly, like a, you know, I don't know, <laughs> like, like Gossip Girl, <laughs> but like black people, like affluent black people just being stupid, <laughs> being kids, being adults, being regular, having their, you know, wine night with friends. Like, we do that in, in a comical sense. Like, there's so many black, like, comedic movies, um, but I don't find that there's a lot in between the comedy and the t- and the horror um, to show just normalcy, <laughs> and I think it it would be it would be really great to see those stories. And like I said, it is important for us to be able to tell our own stories. For years, we've had other people telling our stories, and it's always a slavery uh, mindset or setting because um, that's what wins Oscars. But I, uh, yeah, I mean. We have a complex, complicated history, right? Like it's what, what it, in terms of depiction. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like it's like you can't avoid sometimes. You can't avoid what we are and what we've come from. You know, not all of us have that same story. That which makes you know helps to make um everything diverse. So I mean, you could get our stories from Brazil. Mm-hmm. You could get our stories from um, Belize. You could get our stories from. The Congo, you could get, you know what I mean. Like, yeah. I, I'd, I'd like to see the stories coming from there, more necessarily, more say than having to see stories so much spotlighted on the U.S. Yeah, because I think that to me is much more. I think that'll have a much more greater impact, um, globally, and not just that, but just eternally for a lot of us. Just that we can just see, you know, hey, we're just uh, the, the same, you know what I mean? Yeah, I w- like I would love to see more more stories coming out of uh, like uh, like Black African experiences. Yeah, um, I say it all the time. Like when I was in Ghana for that month, I didn't want to leave because I finally got to be in the majority. I got to have a Black experience with majority other Black people, as as short as it was. Um, but I would love to see more stories from like that 
let's see more things highlighted from those experiences where like you are you're in a country where when you see non-black people it's because they're tourists yeah and like you're not a tourist in that area when you're you just, a, yeah when you're you're, this is your home <laughs> people come into your home and you're like oh look Asian people, ah, white people, ah, yeah, East Indians. For us, like for us from North America, this when you get to go to a place where you can just you just will be and you're one of many, and you can just disappear and you're not. What a luxury! What a luxury! The only difference is, is you know, everybody knows who you are when you hear your accent. Yeah, that's about it. That's about it. But then after a while, they don't care. Yeah, because that was the biggest thing when I was there. Like we all got called foreigners for the first. I don't know, a week and a half. I mean, for me, anyway, everyone else kept being, being called a foreigner for the rest of the time they were there, but it took about a week and a half until the kids, I would be like, me, am I? And they'd be like, no, 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 no. I'm like, excellent. I've made it. <laughs> I've assimilated. <laughs> the locals don't know who I am. <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I am, I'm excited to see. I mean, we have all the different producers out there who are, who are definitely leaning into um, just the content where it shows black people in a day-to-day yeah, setting, and so I'm I'm really hyped. That's for that. what helps the most, just day to day settings. It doesn't have to flip the whole entire narratives of every single thing. It's I mean we've been here this whole entire time, so it's not like we just all of a sudden just you know, boop, <laughs> you know, instantly just uh, appeared at the press of a button. And yeah, we've been here for forever. <laughs> been here forever, and you know, and I know it's ridiculous. I have to put into perspective what we were here prior to we got here. Yeah. You know what I mean? So we are the original man. So let's just take that into consideration every once in a while and remember that we are much more than we are depicted at a lot of times. And yeah. uh, Black people aren't a monolith. Yep. Yeah, we're not a monolith. monolith. We're not just slaves. We're not just, you know, one thing. Like we have so many different talents, so many different sides. And, I'm I'm excited to see what uh what people create out of that. I think um a good example was um kind of like uh what was it Soul? Yeah, Soul was cute. Soul was pretty good with it. I mean, in terms of just showing diversity and just breaking things down in just everyday life and yeah, kind of go through the same struggles as anybody. Just you know, apprehension, anxiety, just you know that whole. Yeah, things that things yeah. that too like people a lot of times the black community avoid. We don't really talk a lot about anxiety. We don't really talk a lot about you know um, struggles when it is when it when it isn't linked with racism. Well, like, correct. I just want to connect it back to the original topic, which is the, the whole trauma point thing. Yeah. What what that show was again? With soul. No. Oh, uh, Lovecraft. Lovecraft. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, that was also amazing as well. Yeah. Like, that was also amazing as well. Granted, like I never read the book. I didn't story. read the book, and I wasn't no. aware of it prior to the beginning of it. So, to me, it was, it was really, I mean, it's, it, 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 it kept true to a lot of things, so. It did. Like, there, you had your elements of black, uh, like, trauma as well in there, too, but then. Historic ultimately, perspective. An historic perspective, well, exactly. Yeah. And then, but ultimately, we were triumphant. Yeah. So that was that was so beautiful to see. So I mean, yeah, like original kind of things like that. Let's you know, let's let's let's, let's see what we can do, but let's not turn it into um. Let's not turn it into a genre. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, let's go see. So we have a range of just absolute trash to. <laughs> 
you know, it's like the next horror, horror yeah. movie kind I, of. I want black people to be able to have the things that other people just have handed to them. I want black people to be able to dive into all sorts of genres and do all sorts of things and have their hands in all different types of ideas and pies. <laughs> you know, we deserve that. Well, if that's it for that, we're going to take a little break and we'll see you as soon. Next stop, let me ask you this, though. And we back, we back, and we back, and we back. Thank you so much for staying with us. Uh, So time has now come for a segment we like to call, let me ask you this, though. So what we're going to do, John and I are going to go back and forth. Uh, Since it's just the two of us again, uh, since Jan has abandoned us. Uh, And we are going to answer a question that on its own may seem a little odd. But then we will learn something about uh, how our, I don't know, kind of how our brains work and what we we are interested in and what, what makes us tick. So today's question is, if you could have any job for a day, what would it be and why? So we broke it down to... What job did we dream about having as children? And what job, if we were to switch careers now as adults, would we be like, I'd love to do that for a day? What you got, John? Um, first one being early childhood dream. Obviously, it'd be, you know, playing football, Super Bowl. Nice. Just one day, I'm good. Um... And then, um, I guess now it would have to be, uh, nothing too hard. No, I probably something like a movie director or, um, yeah, probably at that point, yeah. Do you know what kind of genres you'd focus on? Well, whatever. Whatever projects was just out. Appeal to me, really. Any projects now that you've seen that you'd be like, oh, I would have loved to have been a director on that? Um, Other than Avatar. Uh, <laughs> no, well, I mean, I would have loved to been under the tutelage of uh, Spike Lee. That would have been cool. That would have been dope. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah. maybe okay uh yeah just work under those guys but i mean we're only doing it for a day so yeah no i'd be um director of a movie on a high high like a high-end like super crazy budget everything was going on pull out all the stops all the actors too busy being busy okay yeah can't wait till you know cut you know that's a wrap too busy to even say that. I Yo, just too busy to say that? You have a person for that? Yeah. <laughs> Steve, it's you. <laughs> Steve, you're up. He's like, oh my gosh, I'm practicing for this all day. <laughs> yep. Next, turn my head to a bunch of other monitors. Monitor what's ever going on. You're like, John, yep. out. Yep. Okay. I, I do want to go back to you when you were younger and you wanted to be uh, in the NFL. What position did you want to play? Well, I'm back here. Okay. Did you see what team did you see yourself playing for then? It was always the Giants. Always from childhood. Yes. 
Oh, consistent. Number one fan over here. Look at me like that. <laughs> okay, okay. I do see you. I do see you as a movie director. I do see you being in like that element, having that control. You know, being able to you get you get to have that vision. You get to see things from all angles. Yeah. Okay. Is there a particular movie of Spike Lee's or Marianne Van Peebles that you would have liked to been under the tutelage for? Uh, nothing. Oh, Malcolm X would have been one interesting one. Um, do the right thing would have been an interesting one. Um, Posse would have been a pretty cool one. I mean, that was done by his son, but nonetheless, he was involved. Um, I mean, there's a bunch of other black films that would have been cool to have been around, too. Yeah. Would um, you have cared at all to meet? Like the actors or anybody, would you have only been like, I'm only concerned with directing, I don't care to meet anybody? No, it's, I mean, it's all set, the whole vibe around, you know, just people that you're working with, people that come through. Okay. It's all appeal to it, you know. That's dope. I mean, do we need to call up Julian? Sorry, Director X. <laughs> and uh, see if he can get you in on any projects? Uh, Well, I mean, Jan will take Jan care will of that next yeah, time. Yeah, Jan will do that. Jan will have yeah. a conversation. Yeah. Yeah, we're counting on you. We're counting on you not to punch him in the face. (laughs) Don't put that out there. (laughs) You're right. What about you? Uh, When I was younger, I wanted to be a nurse. Um, My mom uh, worked at a hospital. (sighs) For life of me, I can never remember the full capacity of what she did there. But I really wanted to do something in the medical field. Um, And now that I'm like thinking, thinking about it, I wanted to be a pediatrician. Like I, for the longest time, I had set my sights on being a pediatrician, and then I, myself, and uh, science and math um, continued to have a fight throughout elementary school and high school, and I was like, well, if this is what it takes to do stuff in the medical field, I don't want it. <laughs> so I left that alone. Um, I definitely could have pushed through and, like, done it, but I, at that point, I was like, you know what, this this may not be the path for me. Uh, turns out it wasn't. Um it would have been very interesting, though. Like, I really was like, I want to work with kids. I want to, you know, take care of them. And I want to be able to, you know, be a part of whatever healing process and, you know, just being there for children because I'm really good with kids. Wouldn't that be so exciting? And turns out, um, not really my cup of tea. But now, now I would love to be able to do something with design, um, whether that's interior design because I have forever loved um, other people's houses. And I've forever loved, um, <laughs> um, um, uh, what you call it, uh, like real estate and, and going to see like show homes and stuff. Like that was like one of my favorite things to do as a child. It's like any show homes that were up in the area, like I was in that show home. I was just looking through everything. I wanted to see it. I wanted to touch everything. I wanted to know exactly what this, I wanted to imagine my life in that house. Because I would always stage it. You know, with the parents' room and like a, a girls' room and a boys' room. So it was like a pink room and a blue room, and then you had like your, you know, other areas and things. And I just got really into like, okay, well, what would I change about this? What would I put here? I hate that. What am I gonna put over there? Oh, this is nice. Oh, wouldn't it be great if that was over there instead? And I just like obsessed with it. Um, and if it wasn't, so that type of design really intrigues me. But also, um, like styling. Design, like clothes, like us being a stylist and that type of design also is very intriguing. I'm someone who really loves fashion. 
I may not dress the part, <laughs> but I'm someone who really appreciates fashion and really loves seeing other people do really cool things with, you know, their exterior. And I've always, I've often thought, what would it be like to be in that position to be like, hey, I see you in these three pieces. They may not look like much separately, but together. Oh my gosh. Wow. Incredible. Um, yeah. I think in all things, I always see myself just doing stuff with my hands. Something, something where I can, I can, um, affect change. Um, punch people on the street. I don't want to punch people on the street. Unless I like, have to. But I would like prefer not to. I don't want to do that. <laughs> That's chance job. <laughs> I don't want to do that. <laughs> yeah, I would uh I just I, I wanna I wanna I wanna create. And I never when I was younger I didn't think of myself uh, much as uh, as much of an artistic person. Um as when you're younger too art is like, oh people draw, people paint, like that's art. Um and it wasn't later. It wasn't until later where I was like, no, like photography is art. I love photography. Um, putting things together that may not seem linear or whatever, like that's still art. You can still make art <laughs> in other ways. It's not just stuck to these like three different mediums. Um, and so that's why, like, I I started when I started looking at design things. I was like, oh, I can do that. I can make it up, and then whatever I make up can be set in stone. Like I'm I'm the I'm the head director of whatever this is. Like if I say that we're putting these patterns together, we're putting those patterns together, that's what's happening. This is gonna go on a couch over here. This is gonna go on a person over here. Like this is gonna work. Um yeah, I don't know, maybe one day. I don't I honestly don't know who I would work with. There's so many different um you like to work with Pharrell on his condominium. Listen not with the condominiums, no. But I would work with Pharrell for other things. <laughs> um, uh, I'm trying to think of uh, the, who the stylist was for Black... Ah, Ruth Carter. She was a stylist for Black Panther. And she just... Uh, fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. I don't even... Her eye for detail, stunning. Um, I would just love to be in the room when she's like, mm, too many rhinestones on this. <laughs> Not enough over here. That needs a little bit of whatever. And I'm like, ah, What? Game of Thrones set. Game of Thrones set would have been hectic for me. I think it would have been too much for me. <laughs> I would want to work on something not as inca- like they're for because with Game of Thrones are like so many different you know um, groups and communities and everything. Whereas like with Black Panther, it's like these are the people who live in Wakanda, <laughs> and like yes, they were different groups as well too. But like I want to work with more color, like the vibrancy of the work that Ruth Carter does, like that's what I would want to be a part of. I want to be there with all the yellows and the purples and the blues and the, you know, greens and the velvets and the sequins. Like I want to be a part of all of that. I want the texture is really important to me. Um, Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? I have a lot of friends who are stylists in their own right. And it would be fun to, you know, work alongside them to do some stuff. I have friends who are fashion, who are, um, who are clothing designers um, so I have a lot of ideas <laughs> and like just need someone to implement them because I can't sew. I've tried. <laughs> I've tried. I, it's not for me. Um, but uh, yeah, the professional. Manager. I'll let the professionals do it. Yeah. Yeah. I'll have the ideas and I just pay somebody to implement them. Gotcha. So I think that's fine. People do it all the time. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> it's called executives. It's called executives. And I just want to be a boss. That's all I want. 
<laughs> oh, man. So if that's all for today, we're just going to leave it there. Um, different ways to get in touch with us. On Twitter, you can get in touch with us at Not That Sorry Pod. On Instagram at Not That Sorry Podcast. Please make sure to rate um, and subscribe to our podcast. Um, and, you know, give us a nice rating. Say what you need to say, and maybe we'll read out on the show. Again, this has been exciting hosting. Uh, I don't know how often I'll do this, but <laughs> thanks again for listening, and we will catch you on the flippity flip. Da. Bye.